0: this presence. Amen. If y'all would stand to your feet one more time. Pray for myself and go directly into the word. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you. I praise you. Amen. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Glory, 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 amen. I don't know about y'all, but I feel good. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Woo. Amen. That song did exactly what I was yeah. hoping and praying that it would do. Amen. 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 So at times when I get a word like I'm gonna preach today at home, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know which way this thing gonna go, because when I think it's gonna be good, it's like yeah and then when I think it's gonna be eh, it's like, man, that was good, and I I have to tell you, I don't even know which way this one gonna go. um So, you know, I, I pretty much have not preached all of the month of February, so I've been sitting on this word for the, the month of February, and it's just been turning and turning, and turning over and over in my heart, and in, 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 in my mind, amen, and, and and for the title, God has given me draw nigh, amen. And I and I came, you know. Normally, I explain to y'all how I get the title, and I got the title because He was just talking to me. He was saying, "Son, draw nigh, like draw near to me." And I'm like, God, I'm, I thought I was already near to you, and He like, no, you got to draw. He like you, I need, I need you to, I need you to draw nigh to me. I need you to come closer. And so, for those who have not been here, you know, in January, where we were doing push forward. And then, you know, February, we just had all this awesome word coming forth, talking to us about sin. And so, when God just gave me draw nigh, I said, God, you know, how does this kind of connect? Or is it just this, this, it's own standalone thing? And He was like, no, son, I mean, you know, I'm talking directly to you, but uh, I want you to know that in order for you to push forward, I need you to draw nigh. In order for you to continue going, in order for you to continue running, in order for you to continue moving, I need you to draw nigh to me. Amen. And so God just been dealing with me, y'all, and I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try to hold this together and not get emotional. But if I do, I really don't care. But um, just been on the been on the battlefield for Jesus since 24, and you know, you think you get to a point and. I, as I was reading it last night, I'm like, God, why you keep giving me the same word over and over again? Am I not getting it right? And then I have to remember the same thing that I preach to y'all. If God keeps saying the same thing to you, then you obviously not doing something right. And so when he told me to draw now, that kind of hit me hard because I'm thinking I'm already close like I'm thinking I have already overcome this thing. I'm thinking I've already fixed this thing in my life. And you're telling me, no, you haven't fixed it. I need you to draw nigh. I'm talking about me now. Uh, and see that? And so, you know, a lot of times we were sitting here and we thinking we're getting it right. And God's started telling us the same thing and over, over and over and over again. And so the definition to draw nigh, it means to come near in place. It means to come near in time and to come near in relationship. And I'm like, God, what you mean? Like, I you know, I'm always where you are. I'm always in church. I'm always in Bible study. You're always on my mind. What do you what do you mean? Draw nigh. Right? When you start looking at the Hebrew of the word, it means it means to come on my left hand. It's like God calling you. So, you know, Jesus sits on the right hand of God, and it's like Jesus is calling you. Like, I'm sitting right here next to the Father. Lord, now, I need you to come sit right next to me while I'm right here next to the Father. Lord, Lord. He says, I want, I want you close like that to me. Lord, Lord. And I, I, I mean, and this word is tearing me up because, like I say, I'm thinking, like, all that I do, I'm thinking I'm already close. And you like, you're not close enough. I'm talking about your pastor now. He's telling your pastor, you're not, you're not close enough. And so then he took me to Matthew 18, 1 through 7. And before I read this, see some of y'all have heard this, some of y'all have not. I, I think I preached this sermon when we was in America. But I told you about this dream I had where I was tasked with getting Jesus to the stage. I was tasked with delivering a child like Jesus to the stage and we had to go up these levels and we had to go up these levels to get him to this platform and this stage and we were going up these levels and by the time we got to the stage I realized that I was standing on the stage and I some way along the way I had lost Jesus and that, and, and, and at that moment I felt like I, I felt defeated like Lord what have I done and Jesus and in that same dream, God was like, I showed you that because I like, you have to keep me, basically, you have to keep me first. And so as I preach this sermon, I'm like, God, you gave me that dream. We haven't been in America in over two years. Why do you keep bringing me back to this? And so, y'all, I'm, and and, and, I, and, I, and now that I'm standing here, I'm, I'm pinpointing it to COVID, and this word going to be for somebody. You know, I got to the point where I'm trying to live stream. And I'm trying to podcast and I'm trying to build all of these things and build all of these things. But at the end of the day, if Jesus is not there, then you've done all of it for nothing. So while you building your career, while you building your business, while you building all of this stuff, if you make it to the top and Jesus is not there, you've done it for nothing. And Jesus is saying, I like I don't want all of that stuff. I want you to draw nigh to me. I want you sitting right here by me. Your work does not mean that you're being obedient. All that you do, just because you do a lot, does not mean that you're being obedient. Just because you show up to everything, does not mean that you're being obedient. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so God took me to Matthew 18, 1 through 7. And the word says that at that time, the disciples came to Jesus asking, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> Hallelujah. And I read that first line, and it's like God was saying, you know what, son? You have been spending a lot of time trying to be great, but great for who? You have been spending a lot of time to, because that's my thing. I do. like in, in, My intention is to be great for God. But it's something about when you're chasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something about when you're chasing greatness. that Sometimes, sometimes like, you, you turn around and Jesus is not there. It's just you running for your own greatness. Yes, yes, yes. And, you, and you calling. You saying that you're doing it for Jesus. Uh-huh. When Jesus is nowhere to be found. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit because it's obvious to me that my flesh. I'm talking about pastor. Now this sermon is, is about me. It's obvious to me that my flesh would let me down every time. And that's why I thank God for the Holy Spirit, because every time I start to get too far, God gives me a word. It hurt when he started telling me to draw nine. But I'm so thankful that he loves me enough to say, son, you're getting out of pocket. You're getting out of pocket. I need you to come back to me. Right. Because he loves me. You're getting out of pocket. I need you to come back to me. Stop worrying about that camera. He said, the people that need to hear the word, gonna hear the word. Amen. Stop worrying about that camera in the back of the church and, and live streaming. Right? Stop worrying about all these things, mm-hmm. trying to be a ministry. He said, you the men, just live your life. Glory just love people, and the people that you're supposed to touch, you're gonna touch. Glory right? The disciples asked, and I love the fact, you know, it says the disciples. We ain't talking about street people. We talk about the ones that was closest to him. And that's the thing. You be so weak. We think we so close to Jesus and we be so out of power. We be so wrong. The disciples say, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And so the second verse says, so Jesus called a child to come. And stand in front of them. And said, I assure you that unless you change. He was talking to me. I'm telling y'all, this almost broke me down. Listen to what it says. says, unless you change. I ain't reading this in Matthew. I'm thinking Jesus saying this to me. He's saying, son, Jonathan, unless you change and become like children, you will never. Talking to me now. See, y'all got to be, when you talking about you want to do what God tells you, you better listen to him when he talks to you. See, some, some of y'all got this type of relationship with God where he don't never tell you nothing wrong. You serving another type of God. I don't know who you serving. Amen. The Bible says if God don't chastise you, if he don't correct you, then you a bastard. You don't have no daddy. Parents correct their children. Amen. Amen. So he's talking to me, he says, unless you become like a child, I assure you that you would never, not maybe, you would never into the kingdom of heaven. And so as I'm studying, right, I say, okay, well, God, you got to break down to me, right? You got to break down what it means to become like a child. So I looked up that phrase, become like a child in the Hebrew. And it means to become like a child in intellect, and in how you think, and in servitude, what you do. That Orthodox inter- So he said, if you want to be great, you got to become like a child in how you think and in what you do. So how do children behave? Right, I'm going to get to that. Right? The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is one who humbles himself and becomes like this child. And I'm like, God, why, you care? why do you keep showing me? Why do you keep showing me like this, child, Jesus? Why do you keep telling me I gotta be like a child, right? Cause y'all, I'm I'm smart, and God be like, that don't even matter. I don't want that kind of smart. I want childlike smart, and I do a lot. And He like, I don't want that kind of service, right? We 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 confuse work with obedience. We think doing stuff. It's what he wants. He was like, I don't want that. I just want you to obey. Just because you do what you want to do and you calling it for me don't mean that that's what I want. I just want you to obey like a child. You got to be like a child in internet and in what you do. Right? So children often only do what they're told. Adults do what they want to do. Right, I, and I started to think about my son because I was getting a little angry last night as I was unloading the dishwasher. And I'm like, he could have came in here and unloaded this dishwasher. He was doing them but sitting over there reading the book. I done did all of this stuff. I done worked and did all of this stuff up there. Why do I have to tell him to unload the dishwasher? Because he thinks like a child. Children only do things, they only do what they told. You have to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Man. Right, we be expecting them to take like, and we we are we are, God start talking to them like we reward initiative. We reward people that go out and make stuff happen. You out there grinding, you out there making stuff happen. But did God tell you to do it though? That's the question. Did God tell you to do it? And that's how I'm starting feeling like I'm out here grinding and stuff. But did He tell me to do it? That's what it means to draw now like a child. Do what I tell you to do. Right, do what I tell you to do. We applaud initiative, but we should applaud inherent obedience. Inherent means you're born with it, right? But we know that children and we know that the Bible tells that we were formed and shaped in iniquity, right? So, how can I be born with obedience? Well, when you get born again. When you get this new life in Christ, like this, the whole thing with Nicodemus. How can I go back? I'm not talking about being born again like that. I'm talking about a new birth. When you become new, it don't matter how old you are, you become like a child. You begin to think like a child. I don't know what to do, God. I'm a child. I don't know how to do that. Tell me what to do. And God has been telling me this since I got saved. First Kings, the third chapter, the seventh through the ninth verse. I am a what? I am a child. I do not know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to manage these people. But give me a heart, Lord. Give me a heart to do what's right. He's been telling me this since I got saved. How can I be saved, what, going on almost 20 years and still be getting it wrong? Yes, your pastor just said, how can he be saved almost 20 years and still not picking up what God's saying? I'm starting to understand why Pastor Carter used to say, I'm trying to figure out how y'all got to the top and I'm still on the first step. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I, if I as a pastor, if I can stand up here and say, God's been telling me the same thing. I've been in a cycle. How y'all can sit there and say, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm good. Ain't nothing I need to work on. Unless you become like children, you will never you will never, this this like Brother Rose, this red love, this is Jesus talking. You will not, Paul, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I thank you. And so we applaud initiative, but we should applaud obedience. Right there is an obedience. When you become born again, when you become like a child, you begin to obey. And then as you grow, wisdom comes from your obedience, right? Wisdom will start to come. You won't have to go out there and figure it out because as you grow, you, as you grow in wisdom, right, you're not doing it because you want to do it. You're doing it because the words, say do it. You're doing it because God, like you, if it's, for example, like our children, they pick up things from us that we don't even say to them sometimes, they start to act and behave right even though it was not communicated. We tell them certain things or they hear certain things while we smile, and over time they just begin to learn it. They become, the, they become wise in, in in the ways of their parents. That makes sense? They be, well, this is what mama do, so this is what I'm supposed to do. But when you are a child in Christ, the same thing applies. You don't know what to do when you first start out, so you just do whatever you're told. And then over time, you grow in wisdom like, well, I know daddy told me to do this when I was little. So if it was good, then it's going to be good when I get old. You're still now. You don't grow up and start. You don't grow up in Christ and then figure, well, I got it now. But that's what we do in the world, right? When you're in your parents' house, you obey your parents. Then when you get, quote unquote, grown, you start doing what? What, what you want to do. But it's not supposed to work that way. When you're a Christian, you're supposed to continue doing what Daddy taught you to do. Yes, yes, yes. Lord, I thank you. When we became, when we learned to become obedient, work no longer comes from an effort to complete a task. Right? It work doesn't become about completing tasks. We just begin to do things because it's wise. Right. Coming to church is not its not a checkbox. You should, you should just come to church because it's wise to be around believers. You should just come to church because it's, it's wise to be around like-minded people. You should just come to church because it's wise to get strength. Right? Because it's just wise to have a covering, not because you have to check off a box. Right? You don't start, letting, And that's the thing that makes us so heavy. All those things that we try to do to check off of Jesus... Those are yokes that God never intended for us to be, to be on our necks. When I have in my notes, I think I have confused this. I have been confusing this in my own life and how I live in what I have taught and preached. So as I wrote this out, I'm just thinking about all the times like, and when I say I have confused it, nothing that I have ever taught y'all has been intentional to lead you astray. Right? My, my, my teaching and my preaching has always been Like I have wanted you to obey God because it's wise to obey God. But sometimes I get him, I like I can feel myself getting in my flesh, and I begin to get angry when y'all not doing enough. Right? But God is saying, even if they did more and it's really not in their heart to do it, then what good is it anyway? So you're stressing yourself for no reason you stressing yourself for no reason. And so when I'm like, come to church, when I'm like, come to Bible study, when I'm like, put God first, right? I have to, I have to, when I say it, I have to mean it from a place of telling you to do it because it's wisdom in it. Not because I want you to obey what I'm saying or to, to, or to, or to do a checkbox. I want you to do it because it's, it's wisdom obedience to the word has always been my aim but i believe i have started to make it about works. right do more for jesus and so forgive me if, if it has ever come off as me saying do more for jesus like what, what you gonna do when he hung his cross when he hung his head on the cross he said it's finished ain't nothing else to do he did it all so see somebody like what don't do more for jesus Obey Jesus more. That, that's that's what the message is. Don't just do more. Obey him more. Because guess what happened if you're going to obey him more? Guess what's going to happen? You're going to do more and it ain't going to feel like you're doing more. Because it's just going to be the right thing to do. I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm doing this because I want to. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm, cause I to. I'm doing it because I want to. I'm doing it because I love how it makes me feel when I love when my brother and my sister. I'm doing it how it makes me feel when I'm praising them in church. I'm doing it because I want it. Because I, I want to be around my past. I'm doing it because I want to be around my sister. I'm doing it because I want to be in fellowship. Right? Where that said in the word, right? It's in John 14 to 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Up. Right? We do it because we love them. We do it because we love them. Not because we have to. And so back in in, in in Matthew 18, by the time we get to the first verse, it says, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. Right? And so here's the other thing, right? And I know this, like I, and I know I know this, but I'm like, well, why is it so hard for me to do this? God said, "Son, I, I want you to, I want you to rejoice in those that are beating, not in those that's doing the most work." Right? And when I say I know it, there are times where you know one of the things that makes me happy, like the most, like of course I love when y'all show up and come to church, but one of the things that makes me most happy is when somebody seeks out wise counsel and they say. I don't like pastor. I don't know what to do, and God gives them an answer, and they just obey, and they don't even really understand, but they just like ah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna obey it. If you that's what like like the times when um my armor bear said I know God with this man, <laughs> not because he's saying it about me, but just the fact that he like I I want to know the answer, and I just want to obey. I think about it, and some of y'all don't know him, but I think about bear Dreet in that time when God just was moving so fast in his life. I can even say it for Sister Kiera. Right mm-hmm. like when she fifth, when she first met us, we was like, do this, she did. Mm-hmm. I say, try try this in the gym. She did it. Mm-hmm. Right? Just just obeying. Okay, just came around, just obeying. Yeah. Brother Ryan is another one. Just just oh, just just blind obedience. And then you see the Lord moving and you see them getting excited about what God is doing. Right. But on the same token, I, I want to warn the Kieras and the Ryan's and everybody else. Don't be like me. where your obedience starts to turn and you think you can fool God by just checking our boxes. Because you think, oh, well, when I was uh, being obedient before, I seen him moving. But then you so you think if I just keep playing like I'm being obedient, he going to continue to bless me when really you want to do your own thing. No, no. (laughs) That same blind obedience when you first started to build your relationship with Jesus is that same obedience you got to keep all the way through. You, You can't ever get too big for your britches. That sixth verse says, If anyone should cause one of these little ones to lose his faith in me, it would be better that a person have a large millstone tied around his neck and be drowned into the sea. This whole sermon to me, y'all. So I'm reading that. If I have ever discouraged you or made you feel like you're not doing enough for Jesus, I apologize. It was not intentional. My goal has always been to just get you to obey, just to love Him, because the word says if you love Him, you are gonna keep His commandments. I don't want to be the person that make you feel like, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I am trying, Pastor. Or well, every time I do this, you 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 call me out. Like I have to call you out as the shepherd. Right, but my reason for calling you out needs to be totally different. Lord, I thank you. See, I see y'all. I'm doing this because I want to be free. If some of y'all don't confess, right, and you're gonna stay bound, you gonna stay bound. You never, you never gonna, you never gonna, cause you 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 don't think nothing wrong with you, right? I don't want to lose my own faith. And you can feel it happening to you. You be, you can become so discouraged when people don't do what you think they should do. And if you remember the pastor sermon, I preached on the same thing, the expectations that we would, that we put. And it has been over a year. And I'm like, God, why do you keep bringing me back to preaching the same thing over and over? Because I continue to put expectations on myself and on you that God never intended. That he never intended to be there. I don't want to lose my faith or cause somebody else to lose their faith because I taught them an overwhelming sense of a duty to work or to live up to something that God didn't intend. My wife said, you always on the go. She just rolled her eyes at me now. She's like, dude, cut your brain off. <laughs> she said, she, she'd just, she just, she just be like, what you doing? I'd be over there reading. read. Dude, cut your brain like Cut your brain off. <laughs> like I'm not crazy. I hear exactly. I hear exactly what she's saying. I know she's exactly right. But it be that stuff in you to be like, I ain't doing nothing. Right? And the crazy part is, it's it's the I'm, I ain't doing them, but the word. Like I'm like I ain't watching Netflix. I'm in the word, but I still. Have to, like, rest. I have to keep the Sabbath holy. I have to spend time with my family. I have to say no. I have to stop pushing. I know it. I I know the word. I know it. I know it. And that's the thing. We be knowing what to do when God corrects us. When God says, draw not son, then our feelings be hurt. Like, what you mean? And he like, you know exactly what I mean. Lord, I thank you. So I never meant to make you feel like you have an over-duty, uh, overwhelming sense to work, right? But I do want to stress to you, you do have an overwhelming duty to obey. To obey. Because some of y'all have things that God has been trying to get you to do, and you wasted. Because you don't want to obey The 7th verse says, how terrible for the world that they are things that make people lose their faith. It's a bunch of stuff in this world that's going to try to snatch your faith from you. And I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be the pastor with somebody. Why you stop going to church? Because the pastor. If you do say it, I want it to be a lie. I'm just being real like if you do go somewhere and say I left church because of pastor I want it to be a lie I don't it's like I don't want to run nobody out of here because of me because of me and y'all got some pastors that don't care go somewhere else then go somewhere else then Lord I thank you it says how terrible for the world that there are things that make people lose their faith such things will always happen. It's going to always be something that's going to try to try you. That's going to try to snatch your happiness. That's going to try to make you turn around. But Jesus said, right, those things are going to always happen. But how terrible it is for the one who causes them. They're going to always happen. But you don't have to be the person responsible for them. You don't have to be the person that causes it. And I'm going to, I'm going to end with this, y'all. I'm going to end with this. Amen. This is Matthew 19. And just like the disciples, just like the disciples, Jesus was telling them all that I just said in 18, and they still ain't got it right by the 19th chapter. They still making the same mistakes. 19, 13 through 26, and it says, and then we're brought to him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuke them. People were trying to bring their children. Think about when you bring your child to the altar. Children don't know what they're going to the altar for. (laughs) They come because Mama told them to go. there. Sometimes they just walk up there because they see everybody else. They don't know what they're going to the altar for. I I, I believe in something in them that say, I need to be where Jesus is. They just walk. And so these children were trying to come to the altar and the disciples was like, Jesus ain't got time for children. Because that's what we pray, Like, he got time for grown people problems. Like, that's what he concerned about, right? Jesus ain't concerned. He was like, if y'all would be like a little child, y'all wouldn't have problems, because children don't have problems. Okay. Ethan was in Bible When the men were talking, we asked Ethan what's going on in his life. He was like, I'm I'm not, I'm not struggling. I, I have a good life. Jesus was like, if y'all would be like a child... You wouldn't be walking around with all of these struggles. Amen. Amen. Help us. But Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come to me for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed things. And behold, one came to him and said, Good master. Right? What good things shall I do to that I may have eternal life? And he said unto them, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou enter into life, enter into, into life, keep the commandments. Right? This is this rich young ruler. He said to him, Which one? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth up. He said, I kept them from my youth up. I've been doing. I've been following all the rules since I was a little bit of child. What I, what I lack, what lack I yet, excuse me. Jesus said to him, if thou will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor that thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. He had checked off all the boxes since he was a child. just out there doing stuff. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And the first time Jesus asked him to obey, he couldn't do it. I can do all this stuff for you, but I can't obey that. I can do all this stuff, but I can't obey. And I like what Jesus said, right? Okay, you did that, but if you want to be perfect. But if you want to be perfect if you want to go to heaven no spot no wrinkle no blemish and don't look at perfection like man look at perfection right because you might be thinking pastor i can't be perfect ain't nobody asking you to i'm asking you to apply the blood of jesus to your life jesus was perfect and it's his blood that covers you it's his blood that sinks you. It. It's his blood that puts you in right standing. Amen. So you just stop, stop that whole thing about, I can't be perfect. I'm just asking you to obey Jesus. And that will work itself out. Lord, I thank you. You can do all of these things. Right? Then Jesus said to his disciples, here they come. Because they confused. <laughs> I've never seen people walk so close to Jesus and always be confused about how Jesus does things. And that's many Christians. We say we go be in church and we think we're so close to Christians and we be so confused about how Jesus actually operates. Then Jesus says to his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man should hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. I say unto you again, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. He's not just talking about money. He's talking about when people have, when people have, have their own way of doing things, have their own mind, have their own stuff, have their own house, have when when people just feel like it's mine. This is my stuff. It's hard for you to put down your stuff in order to obey. That's what that scripture is saying. This is my man. My relationship. My, my, my. It's hard to obey when Jesus say, give it up. I can do all of that. But I can't do that. And I'm coming in, June. This is the last verse. When his disciples heard it, right? They were exceedingly amazed, saying, who can be saved. Yeah, like Jesus. If that's the case. This thing seems impossible. But Jesus. beheld them and said unto them. With men. With men this thing is impossible. But with God. All things. So I close by saying. Jesus saying. To me first. Draw nigh. Get close. You're like, I'm sitting on the right hand of the Father. Come just sit up. Come sit up under me. All that stuff you're doing to check off boxes and to quote unquote build ministry. He You say, that don't matter. This how he talked to me. He say, what did I tell Peter? He say, upon this truth. What's the truth? I believe you are the Christ. The Son of the Living God. That's all it takes to build a church. To proclaim that. He said, if I be lifted up, I will what? He ain't saying if you, if you got this many YouTube subscribers. That ain't in there. He said, if I be lifted up, he said, put all of that stuff to the side and draw nigh. Now I'm going to use my gift in obedience. I'm going to use my gifted in obedience, but Lord, it is my prayer that I won't have to preach a sermon like this again and it be about me. Amen. I don't want it to be about me. I'm tired of him getting me on this. Amen. This is a cycle I want to end in my life.